This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Ukraine said more than 800 Russian soldiers died in the past day amid intense fighting in the eastern region of Donetsk, where Russia continued assaults on the towns of Bakhmut, Kostyantinivka and Kurakov. Meanwhile, France promised to provide Ukraine with armoured combat vehicles to help in the war against Russia. Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, expressed his gratitude but urged allies to provide heavier weapons, such as tanks. The stalemate in America's House of Representatives dragged on as Kevin McCarthy lost a sixth ballot to become its speaker, at which point voting was adjourned until Thursday. Twenty rebel Republicans supported Byron Donalds, a second-term congressman. Mr McCarthy will need to win over at least 16 of them if he is to prevail. Voting will continue until a speaker is chosen. Earlier, Donald Trump endorsed Mr McCarthy. Amazon said it would sack more than 18,000 employees, up from the 10,000 it had previously planned. That represents just 1% of Amazon's workforce, but counts as the biggest purge yet for a tech firm during a deepening slump in the sector. Andy Jassy, the e-commerce giant's boss, blamed the uncertain economy and excessive hiring in recent years. Salesforce, a big software firm, meanwhile cut 10% of its workforce. The funeral of Benedict XVI, Pope from 2005 until his resignation in 2013, began in the Vatican, presided over by his successor, Pope Francis. Before the ceremony, about 200,000 people had queued to see Benedict's body lying in state. He will be buried in a crypt beneath St. Peter's Basilica. Though American inflation eased in the past few months, rate-setters at the Federal Reserve stressed that substantially more evidence of progress was needed before they halt interest rate rises, according to minutes released on Wednesday from their December meeting. Separately, a survey of managers showed that American manufacturing activity contracted in December for a second consecutive month. The EU strongly encouraged member states to ensure that arrivals from China test negative for COVID-19. Earlier, the World Health Organization cautioned that China is underreporting the scale of the outbreak that has swept the country since it relaxed its zero-COVID policy in December. Residents of Hong Kong braced themselves as their government confirmed that their borders to the mainland would be opened on January 8th. America approved the world's first vaccine for honeybees to protect them from American fowl brood, a disease that ravages hives and for which there is no cure. The shot works by incorporating bacteria into the royal jelly secreted by worker bees and fed to the queen. That ensures larvae have immunity when they hatch. The breakthrough could boost the production of food that relies on honeybee pollination. And fact of the day. 46%. The share of people in Britain saying that immigration has a positive effect on the country, up from around 35% in 2015. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Mounting tensions in Jerusalem. A visit by Israel's national security minister to one of the world's most contentious religious sites has highlighted the radical tendencies of Benjamin Netanyahu's new government. On Tuesday, Itamar Ben-Gvir, leader of an ultra-nationalist party in Mr. Netanyahu's coalition, visited Jerusalem's Temple Mount, near the Al-Aqsa Mosque, 
despite warnings of violent protests. So far, these have not materialized, but the visit, condemned by Arab regimes, has already postponed a trip by Mr. Netanyahu to the United Arab Emirates that had been slated for next week. Mr. Ben-Gvir's portfolio gives him control of police and a new parliamentary National Guard, while other far-right ministers plan to expand the constitution of settlements in the occupied West Bank. That risks further escalating tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. Mr. Netanyahu, who is on trial for corruption, is now beholden to his firebrand partners and finding it difficult to rein them in. Tech's Annual Jamboree in Sin City On Thursday, the Consumer Electronics Show kicks off in Las Vegas. Some 100,000 people from over 170 countries are expected to take the opportunity to play with the latest gadgetry from more than 3,000 companies. As well as the usual launches of consumer tech products, the glitzy event will see carmakers showcasing flashy new features. In 2022, GM and Mercedes-Benz announced innovations to their electric vehicles. One attraction this year will be a race around the Las Vegas Speedway between cars driven by artificial intelligence. But the show comes at a rough time for the tech industry. Share prices were battered in 2022. The tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite Index fell by about one quarter. Firms from Amazon to Zillow have announced layoffs, and 2023 offers little hope for a rebound. Analysts forecast that 40 of the world's 100 biggest technology firms will see revenues shrink. That is no mood for a party, even in Vegas. North Korea's Nuclear Weapons North Korea started the year with a bang, testing a super-large multiple rocket system. Kim Jong-un, the country's dictator, boasted that it could carry a nuclear payload to anywhere on the Korean peninsula. He also called for an exponential increase in North Korea's nuclear arsenal. This suggests that North Korea intends to spend 2023 as it did the previous year, testing new weapons and honing its ability to use them. South Korea and America's stock response, issuing stern threats, and matching North Korean muscle flexing with reciprocal displays of force, is also unlikely to change. Far from de-escalating, Yoon Suk-yeol, South Korea's president, has said the country should consider suspending a five-year-old agreement with North Korea that limits military exercises. Seventy years after the armistice that silenced the guns of the Korean War in 1953, the peninsula remains one of the most volatile places on Earth. A Death Penalty Case in South Carolina Lethal injection can be a gruesome way to die. In America, where it is the main method of capital punishment, such executions are often botched. Drug manufacturers wanting nothing to do with the practice have largely stopped supplying the necessary ingredients. That has left some states scrambling for alternatives. In 2020, South Korea joined Mississippi, Oklahoma, and Utah in allowing executions by firing squad a rare method used to execute only three people since 1976 
all in Utah when lethal injections are unavailable. But Richard Moore, a death row inmate faced with a choice between firing squad and South Carolina's 110-year-old electric chair, argues that neither method is constitutional. On Thursday, the state's Supreme Court will consider whether he can be executed by firing squad. Whatever the court decides, such cases will only hasten a reconsidering of capital punishment in America altogether. 37 states have either abolished the death penalty or executed no prisoners in more than a decade. Capital punishment may be approaching its last gasp. DACA LitFest is back. Since it began in 2011, the annual celebration of Bangladesh's literary culture has faced some severe challenges. Most notably, in 2015, many speakers dropped out, following a spate of attacks on secular writers by machete-wielding Islamists. Since then, the avowedly secular festival has pitted itself as a defender of free speech in a publishing industry dominated by Islamic books and religious censorship. After a three-year COVID hiatus, on Thursday, the festival returns with an impressive lineup. Abdul Razak Gurna, a Nobel Prize-winning author, and Tilda Swinton, a British actress, join acclaimed South Asian writers such as Shihan Karuantilaka, Amitav Ghosh, Saad Z. Hossein, and Jitanjali Shri, who won the International Booker Prize in 2022. But organizers face a backlash against newly introduced ticket prices, and critics charge that the festival fails to address the government's draconian censorship laws. Speaking out, though, risks the event, sponsored by the Culture Ministry, being cancelled for good. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers, and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which city in Oxfordshire, England, hosts an annual rowing regatta? Wednesday. Which area of Los Angeles was stricken by violent riots in August 1965? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Conrad Adenauer, who was born on this day in 1876. History is the sum total of things that could have been avoided. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.